Hey everyone, welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. I'm Nicole Davison, your host, and I know I say this every episode, I really am excited about today's episode. And it's funny because this has happened to me before where I'm often scrolling through reels and I watch something that absolutely hits me. And our guest today is how, basically how I found her through as, of course, Instagram. You know, I started watching a clip about probably a little bit over a month ago that honestly made me not only laugh out loud, but I said to myself, oh my gosh, that is me. I need to meet this incredible woman because I just felt a connection. So Jessa Hillman is someone that I honestly, and I know I've said this before, I feel honored that you're joining me today. She actually, she is a blogger. She is a mom. She is a friend. She is a little bit of everything, but she created her platform for moms with anxiety who feel alone, who might have questions, have a strong faith, quite honestly, that are just struggling. And many of you know how how I get through the day sometimes. I am just so beyond excited to have her with us, to talk about her journey. When I found her, I wanted as often wanted to talk about something completely different. And the more that we got to know one another, I realized, wow, this is a story that needs to be told. So I obviously wanted everyone to know how we connected. And obviously that was through Instagram, but Jessa, welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I obviously shared a little bit as to how I found you, but I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you. So like you said, my name's Jessa. I am a blogger. I got started in blogging a couple years ago. I'm also from Virginia, born and raised here. That's where I met my husband. He is from Germany originally, so all his family is still there. He joined the military. We got married. We've been married for almost 10 years now. We have two kids, a boy and a girl. He, soon after we got married, went into a law enforcement career, and the rest is kind of history. I started blogging after going through some struggles of my own with my anxiety and faith kind of feeling like they were clashing. And as I was looking for resources for myself and realizing that I wasn't really coming across very many, I had this idea to just kind of start writing about my experiences and it kind of has just gone from there. So it's such a cool experience now to have this platform and to be able to meet great people like yourself and be given opportunities like this. So thank you so much for having me today. I have to tell you when I saw your first reel, and I always love talking about the first reel that I find, because I think it's kind Mm -hmm. of become something that is so important to me because, you know, I'm scrolling. And the first one that I found was when you were in front of the dryer and it had the song and it was basically explaining anxiety to my husband. And I couldn't Mm -hmm. take it. It honestly just, it spoke to me that day and it really meant a lot to me. And I really did think about it. You know, my son is 12 years old and I didn't realize when I was growing up that I had anxiety. It it honestly, Mm -hmm. it probably hit me more around 9-11 and I had, I wasn't even a mom yet. And I thought about when I started learning more about you and your background, first and foremost, if I had you 12 years ago, (laughs) I I might have felt less alone because I think sometimes, you know, we get in our own heads and you think you're the only one that's going through this. And the more Mm -hmm. that I, you know, I went through your, your Instagram page and then I found your, you know, your website and I thought, oh my goodness, it, it would have been amazing to 
just, and I know they're, you know, our friends, we talk about things, but you just hit the nail on the head every single time. And, you know, you mentioned your husband is in law enforcement and that was something else that really I connected with because when I noticed on Mm -hmm. your page, we had a lot of mutual connections and I thought, wow, it's not even something that you talk about a lot, but it is a big part of Mm -hmm. your life. And that does kind of come into place sometimes. And I know we'll probably end up talking about that a little bit. Obviously, my initial thought of having you on my podcast was to discuss how you help other moms feel less alone with your platform. When we started talking, as expected, I learned mm-hmm. so much more about your career trajectory, about you know where mm-hmm. you were you know when you first started. I just think that's really amazing. So I, I do want to unpack that a little bit before we kind of get into you know some of the other topics that we're going to discuss. I swear I could go to a million different directions, which I know you totally get, but. <laughs> Can you share with our listeners what you first majored in in college and yes. why? And why? <laughs> That's the big thing because we didn't talk about that last time. What did you major in and why? Right. Yeah, it is funny because when we had talked before, I told you this is one of those little tidbits that not very many people know because you don't always talk about that. Even though a large number of people change their majors in college, you don't always We know what we graduated in and what our final degree is in, but we don't always talk about all the little changes that took place that led us to that final degree. When I first started my freshman year, I ended up going to a liberal arts college. And so I was going into school thinking that I wanted to do meteorology. So for my liberal arts school, the closest thing that I could do to that was to pursue a physics degree. I chose to stay in town. So I was going to a school that essentially was right down the street instead of going to an out-of-state college where I could have gone into like an actual meteorology field. The way that that kind of came about was in middle school when I was kind of looking ahead to planning my future and what do I want to do. I was very interested in astronomy and weather. And so I started thinking, you know, what could I do with this? And that's what led me to meteorology. So I didn't really think through that a whole lot. I just knew that that's what I was interested in and hoped that it would, you know, make a a lucrative type career. I very much loved to write at that time too, but funny enough, and I think I mentioned this to you before, even though I loved to write, it did not register to me for a long time that that was something that I could do like with the rest of my life. Like it just, I don't know why I made it feel so insignificant, but in in my mind at the time, that's just what I did. So anyway, I went to school, pursued meteorology. I suck at math. I hate math with passion. And so I ended up not doing very well in those classes uh, my first year. And it was a major struggle. And so at the end of my freshman year, I went undeclared. I took a few classes, kind of those cushion classes to boost my GPA. And then I just kind of floundered and I thought, oh my gosh, here I'm in college now. My whole plan has been messed up. I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know, I'm having an identity crisis. And so I was trying to figure out what major to declare. And so I thought, well, you know, I do love to write and I love to read and, you know, maybe I'm kind of good at it. And maybe if I'm going to take classes for the next three, four years, I should take classes and things that I enjoy doing. And so it was maybe halfway through my second year of college that I decided to become an an English major. And my concentration was in writing. 
And it may have been even the next year, you know, while I was behind, I thought I'll just add a few more classes on. Mm -hmm. I decided to add a minor. And so then I started pursuing my psychology minor. And by some miracle, I still graduated on time. I took summer classes and everything, fulfilled my minor pretty much in the summer and graduated (laughs) within still the four years um, with an English degree with a minor in psychology. So kind of a crazy story how it all worked out, but (laughs) there was a plan and I think it, it worked out well. Yeah. Well, it's funny when we talked, I, and I think this has to do with us also being anxious. You were very Mm -hmm. hard on yourself. You know, you were almost like like upset with yourself that you didn't have it figured out. And one of the reasons why I wanted to even talk about this before we talk about your platform and everything else, this is so normal and taking the pressure Mm -hmm. off of yourself because I'd almost rather you go through that right at the beginning of college rather than go through an entire degree, graduate and realize I hate this. This is awful. Exactly. You know, and I love that, but I, I didn't mention this when we talked, but I always used to joke around and say in my last life, I was a meteorologist because I love weather. (laughs) I've always loved weather. I mean, I live in the Northeast and, you know, when there's a blizzard coming and I didn't realize that you've taught me that physics plays a very big role in understanding meteorology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is for any college student out there that is kind of going through that process that understand what you're learning about, Mm -hmm. because you may hate it. Just like the, you know, the person that wants to go to medical school and they get to college and they realize I hate science. It's fascinating. Right. Right. I love that part. And you also mentioned that you were going back to school for your master's in psychology now. And we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about how yes. you initially felt about going back so many years out of college. And I, I wanted to unpack that for a moment because there's a reason I'm asking you this. Tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about that. Cause you'd mentioned, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going so late. I'm late. So talk about that. To kind of fill in the gaps there, after I graduated from school, even though I had a degree in English, I still did not fully know what I wanted to do with that degree. I knew that I didn't want to go into teaching, even though my mom was a teacher and my grandma was a teacher. I love teaching kids in certain environments. I volunteer in Sunday school and things like that. And I do really, I connect with kids well, but I did not feel that passion about teaching. So I still felt kind of clueless. I was looking for different types of jobs that were, they were enjoyable at the time, but they were not careers. I worked uh, about six years for my church, which was great. It was an awesome job, um, especially for that time in my life. After we got married, we had kids pretty soon after, and then we had two kids back to back. And so the church was very flexible, very fulfilling in a lot of ways. As I was going through kind of looking for my career, I kept feeling it was kind of a sporadic urge, right? Because I'd feel it and then I'd kind of push it away. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't deal with that right now, or I'm not qualified for that right now. And that, that urge was to go back to school and pursue um, a degree in psychology. I have been in counseling myself for many years on and off. I think I started I went for the first time when I was in college. And so I've, I've gone, you know, sporadically for probably 10 years now. And so um, I very much see the importance of counseling, the need for counseling. I am interested and passionate learning how people operate, why yep. people do the things they do, what leads us to, you know, behaving certain ways and things like that. And so I kept coming back to wanting to go back to school for psychology. The first time that that happened, my kids were young. I wasn't sure I could swing it. And more so, 
I didn't feel qualified. I then a few years later felt the urge again. I went back to my alma mater. I sat down with a career planning coach, Mm -hmm. talked to him about it, had a plan, and then very quickly shot myself down again. (laughs) No, you can't do this. This is not, you know, just let it go. And so finally, once I, I, I ended up changing jobs about a year ago, things felt a little bit more stable. I was working, you know, full time, making decent money. My kids are older now. Um, they're six and seven. So we are, you know, way out of that newborn stage. They're pretty independent. I had that inkling again. And it hit me this time. You know what? If I had started going back to school, you know, a few years ago, I could be done. And maybe I should just take that first step and see what happens and go from there. And so that's pretty much what I did. I kind of, I don't want to say half-heartedly applied. My heart was in it, but Mm -hmm. I still was not feeling very confident in myself when I found a school and applied to it. And I thought, well, I'm just going to apply to it. And then if they don't accept me, then that'll just be my answer. (laughs) I applied for the school maybe in November, December of last year, because classes started in January and I did get accepted and I did register for classes. And so, yeah, now I'm going back to school to pursue my master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I will be a licensed counselor by the end of it. And I'm very excited. I still kind of struggle as I'm going through my classes between feeling very excited to be here and wanting to learn. And then having that doubt creep in that says, uh, are you sure this was a good idea? Are you sure you're cut out for this? But I feel very validated in my decision to go back now because things have just, they've worked out so well for me to be able to go back now that maybe, maybe it just worked out the way that it needed to. Maybe I needed to go through that back and forth with myself a few times before I finally was able to kind of kick myself and say, look, you keep coming back to this. God clearly has placed this on your heart for a reason. Yeah, You need to just take the first step and do it. Here I am. (laughs) Here you are. It's, you know what, Jessa, you've said this a couple of times and I want to, I want to ask about it. You kept saying I wasn't qualified. I didn't feel qualified. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate that because I think I've often said to students, clients, people in my life that today is not necessarily your final destination with your career, right? You and I talked about this before, but why do you think you feel like, or why do you think you felt that you were not qualified back then? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, that's just something that I have struggled with for a long time. And I don't know if it's because I tend to be a perfectionist. I just want to succeed I'm not always easy on myself. I want to succeed the first time, right? So I'm not a big risk taker. I want to feel pretty confident in myself taking that first step. Sometimes I don't like that about myself. Sometimes I wish I could take risks a little bit easier. This is just kind of how I have always been. And I have learned to fight myself now because I don't think that voice is very critical. And I don't believe that that is a voice from God, right? Like he, he would not say those things to me. Just don't try. You're not capable. I just struggle with a lot of self doubt. Yeah. And I think that that's what that voice is. Is it just, if we entertain it too much, then that will keep us, you know, really achieving what could be a really great purpose in our life. Absolutely. You've just given me the chills and you know, it's, it's interesting (laughs) because I I feel like you and I have so many connections in different areas, whether it be from the law enforcement side, from the counseling Mm -hmm. side. I know when we spoke the first time I shared with you that 
I pursued my master's degree in counseling. And you didn't even know that when we, Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize we had that connection. And I think this is important for anyone from a career standpoint. You would not have the perspective back then that you have now. There are certainly Mm -hmm. students out there that they go to their undergraduate program, they instantly go straight through to their graduate program and they move on and they're good. But you would not have the insight that you have right now and the passion, the wherewithal, everything. You know, Mm -hmm. you're here for a reason created your platform for a reason that we'll talk about in a moment. And, you know, I think that all the pieces are kind of falling into place the way that they should, the way that you described, you know, the, why did you feel that you weren't qualified? Mm -hmm. We both can experience that from an anxiety standpoint. You know, I mean, I know there's times when I will try to talk myself out of everything and we both know that (laughs) move into it, you know, like even there's times I'll admit, One of the things I've struggled with as I've gotten older is the less that I drive on the highway with trucks, the harder it is for Mm -hmm. me to do it. I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but I'll do it. Yes. I I don't avoid highways, but this is in my family, in my DNA. My mother never even drove. The less I drive with COVID, we weren't really driving a lot. So there's times Mm -hmm. when I force myself to go on the highway because I know it's, it's my, you know, I always say it's my irrational thoughts, right? But Mm -hmm. The, the talking yourself out of things, obviously, now that you are in your program and mm-hmm. you are pursuing your degree, you probably have less self-doubt mm-hmm. because you're in it and you're like, oh, I'm fine. This I can do this. Right. right? <laughs> and that, I mean, there is some truth to that because like I said, that's why I kind of corrected myself when I started talking about it before. If I had gone back to school before, even when my kids were small, I could have made it work. Once I'm in it, I try to tell myself, okay, you're, you're a problem solver. I'm a type A, you know, like I said, I struggle with perfectionism. Once I'm in it, I'm going to make it work. That was an excuse that I told myself, oh, I just Mm -hmm. can't, you know, make it work. The more that we tell ourselves that the more that we shy away from things that make us nervous, because honestly, a hundred percent, a lot of my anxiety centers around being on the interstate. I had major panic attacks around that several years ago. I totally understand what you're saying. My mom also hates driving over bridges and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I can definitely understand where you're coming from. But like you said, if I keep myself from driving on interstate or from even driving through places that I've had panic attacks there before, Mm -hmm. right? So I could potentially be triggered again. I have to make myself go through it to show myself you did it. You were fine. You yeah. you may have been nervous to do it, but you did it. And now you'll be less likely next time to want to steer away from that mm-hmm. you know, situation. Now that I'm in the program, I still definitely, every time I take a quiz, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I start freaking out again a little bit just because I want to do well. I'm in my second class now. I finished my first class. I got an A. I was very proud of myself, you know, and I thought, Yeah, I am glad that I went ahead and did this now. And like you said, even though I I kind of criticized myself again, going back to school 10 years later, because it it is harder in some ways now. I'm married. I'm working full time. I have Mm -hmm. two kids. They're both in soccer. One's in gymnastics. We're juggling a lot of the extracurricular things. Whereas if I was, you know, 19, I wouldn't have been married yet. I wouldn't have had kids. I could just focus on the school. That would have helped for sure, but I have gained a lot of perspective in these 10 years. I've grown a lot as an individual in those 10 years, 
having my own experiences in counseling, and then the experiences that I've gained from my um, blogging platform, you know, has just the more that I talk to people and get to know people and maybe even counsel them in certain ways, you know, Mm -hmm. has just given me more of a passion to go into this field. So it's great. It's amazing. Well, and one thing I have to add though, about the driving on the interstate, you live in Virginia, you live in Virginia. I mean, I lived in Baltimore. I get it. Like the DC beltway that in and of itself will make your head explode if you have to drive around. So I can, I mean, being a New Yorker and living up in Connecticut, I mean, there's just certain highways that cause like a nervous tick in my, in my head. So I just wanted to, I think it's funny. Yes. Well, and I live on a peninsula. So a lot of places that we go to are across the water. And so we have these bridge tunnels that not only is it a bridge, but then it, you drive through a tunnel that is going under the water. And so it leads to a lot of traffic issues. And that's always what made me anxious is because if there was an accident in front of the tunnel, then you're just slowly creeping through that underwater tunnel. Oh my gosh. A million things could go wrong. (laughs) Well, yeah. And if you've watched a couple of Marvel movies, then, you know, all breaks loose in your head. So I I totally get it. I totally get it. And again, one other thing that I just want to say about your career, because I went back to Mm -hmm. graduate school in my late twenties. And, you know, again, if you look at your class, there are students that are right out of college. There are students that are right where you are. And then maybe students Mm -hmm. that are older. I have students in my online class that I teach right now. They're in their sixties and seventies. Pursuing their bachelor degree. So, you know, we're all on our journey, you know, in our own right. So I am just, I'm proud of you. I'm excited to see what's ahead for your career because I had no idea that any of this was even happening. I was just, you know, mesmerized by your platform as to how (laughs) you help people like me. So with that said, we're going to talk about your platform for a couple of minutes. Life of an anxious mom. I love Mm -hmm. it. Like I said, I wish I found it 12 years ago because I think that (laughs) there are, Areas that you touch on that help me feel normal, which obviously as someone with anxiety, you often feel like you're the only one that has these thoughts. So it, it made me feel validated. Absolutely. It made me feel <laughs> less alone. It allowed me to laugh about myself sometimes and to realize, wow, I'm not the only one that, that is struggling with all this. But at the foundation of it, mm-hmm. obviously, I know you love writing, you, you, know, you were an English major. Why did you start this blog? Like the big why? I had kind of been blogging unofficially for years and just kind of sharing it on Facebook, really, with my close family and friends, kind of talking about the experiences that I was going through. Um, I struggled with anxiety at an early age, but it really took off after I had kids. I think there are a lot of moms who end up struggling with anxiety giving birth or even when they're pregnant. And maybe it is the hormones kind of jacking up your system. For some, they experience anxiety all of a sudden, you know, when they're pregnant or postpartum. For me, that wasn't the case. I did struggle with anxiety a lot before. Because like I said, I, I had my first panic attack in college. I knew some of my triggers at the time, but they changed once I got pregnant. And so my son had just been born in July of 2015. And a few months after that, I started having panic attacks every day when I was driving to the point that I stopped leaving my house. And that feels crippling and that feels disappointing. That's not the person that I wanted to be as a mom. I felt isolated. I didn't know anybody else in my family or in my friend group that was struggling with this type of thing. 
I just was experiencing a lot of things. I experienced anxiety, some depression, and I started writing. I mean, that was that just always has been my outlet. And so I started writing about my feelings, you know, towards myself, towards my anxiety. And then when I posted about it, I got a lot of feedback, like from people, from friends in college that I wasn't really close to until they messaged me and said, oh my gosh, this is me too. You know, the situation may have been different. You know, maybe they weren't having panic attacks to the same degree or about the same things, but the feelings of anxiety were there. And I started connecting with people and they started asking me more questions about, well, what else happened? And then what did you do to get through that? And did you take medication? Did you choose not to medicate? You know, and so conversations started. So I started blogging a little bit more around that time. I was also getting more into Instagram and I was following some bloggers in 2018. I decided to kind of launch myself officially. And so that's when I created Lifestyle of an Anxious Mom. I tried to take, you know, my blog aesthetics more seriously, made it, made it a little bit more official. And my goal was to not only to be relatable to other anxious moms, but like I said, to be the resource that I wish was there when I was going through that. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I love that. That was my goal. I've tried, of course, as I've gone through my own anxiety journey, things have changed. Fortunately, I'm not having panic attacks every day. And so now my message is hopefully one of hope and encouragement. Yeah, I can be very raw and vulnerable with you about what I struggled with years ago. And yeah. I can tell you how dark things got, mm-hmm. just feeling like I was in this pit that I was not going to get out of. But now I can also be that voice that says, you know what? I can tell you now, having gone through it, yep. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to take it day by day. You know, and and I do, I talk about exactly the steps that I took, products that I use to help with my anxiety. Counseling was and is a big part of that, you know, yep. still because life changes. You get over one hurdle or one trigger, and then something else happens. So like they say that. That healing, that process is not linear. It really is kind of up and down and zigzaggy and yeah. uh, loop-de-loops and all this stuff. But healing is possible. You can live a happy and functional life with anxiety. So absolutely. And you know, it's funny, Jessa, because I never realized I had it until mm-hmm. later in my life too. And and you know, I, right. I often will credit my friendships when I was young. My anxiety is more social anxiety where I don't mm-hmm. like being alone. I get anxious going. People would never know this about me because I'm very yeah. extroverted and I love meeting people and I love talking to people, but I am very self-critical and I am very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been going to therapy since I was 15 years old, since my mother passed away. And so, you know, yeah. a lot of times when I talk about this on a lot of episodes where every place I've ever moved, I have sought out a therapist as I would a doctor or a dentist where it's just a part of my coping, you know? And one of the things I love about you and your platform is you acknowledge that everyone deals with anxiety differently. Everyone, you know, and everyone has their own way. Some medicate, some don't. Some go to behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. some don't. You have to find what works for you. And I will tell you, I don't want to say I'm significantly older than you, but I'm, you know, of a different generation, you know, nine sure, 11 sure. was probably when my anxiety really came out, right. My husband and I were getting married mm-hmm. that year and 
I never had panic attacks, but I was just, I was a wreck and and I was traveling a lot for work and, you know, the warnings and everything else. And, you know, my life circumstances often created the anxiety in my, you know, my father was very ill. There were some family dynamic issues, but once I became a mom, same thing, my anxiety got much worse, but it wasn't unmanageable for a while. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard about this. You're not there yet, but perimenopause. Yes. I mean, and I'm, I'm in menopause now and I'm sure some of our younger listeners are gonna be like, Oh my God, what are they talking about? But this is important (laughs) for anyone, whether you are a college student, a male or a female, this is for the husbands out there listening, get to know your wife, you know, like these are important things. But years ago when my son was in kindergarten, I went, I was a, I was a mess and it was like, my anxiety was getting so bad. And you mentioned panic attacks. I had had one panic attack in my life and this was due to a very bad family dynamic situation years ago. That'll be a whole other episode. Get ready for that. <laughs> I had a panic attack and I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to track everything and I have a therapist and I finally called her one day. I wouldn't, couldn't leave my house for like three days. And I called her and I said, mm-hmm. Laura, what's happening to me? And we were very conservative about medication. And I had said to her, I'm like, is this, is this time? Like, are we ready? Should, what, what's happening to me? And she asked me a series of questions and she said, honey, go to your OBGYN. She's like, this sounds a lot like your Mm -hmm. hormones. And, you know, the reason I'm sharing all this, Mm -hmm. every woman is different. Every man is different. Everyone copes differently. And and I discovered that my increase in anxiety had everything to do with my hormonal imbalance. And we've gotten in check now with, through, you know, just understanding my triggers continuing with therapy, Mm -hmm. exercise, diet. And I, you know, I still have my struggles, but right now with COVID and with everything that kids are going through, what college students are going through, Mm -hmm. even though we're talking about, you know, anxious moms, what you're sharing and your platform and everything else, I think could be applied to everyone. And that's what I love so much about your story. When I went to your blog at one point and you, you literally listed everything that I do, you know, everything that you do with Mm -hmm. the the products Mm -hmm. that you use, the coping that you, Mm -hmm. that you have, I wish everyone would do this because it was a stigma for a long time to even talk about it. Yeah. And I think with COVID people realize you can't, you can't push this under the rug. You have to acknowledge it, you know, understand that more people than not live with this every single day and it's only gotten worse. Right. Well, you brought up something that I hadn't really touched on. Another reason, you know, you asking why I decided to start blogging anxiety, talking about it has been taboo, especially within the church. And that is also why I decided to talk about it was to kind of get that conversation going. Fortunately, the church that I go to now, you know, they've asked me to come speak to groups of women and, you know, middle school, high school girls to kind of talk to them about my experience because Mm -hmm. part of the struggle too, growing up in the Christian church was feeling like it was a sin and that something was so wrong with me for feeling this anxiety. I will let you know, <laughs> feeling that way just makes the anxiety worse. You know, yes. it's, it's like, not only am I struggling with all these other things, but then feeling like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I can't control this, but then I'm feeling like I'm doing something so wrong by feeling this way, but it feels involuntary. So being able to have conversations with women, moms, and Christian women or women of faith Mm -hmm. has also been um, such a cool experience just to be 
a voice to them as well that's saying, you know what, this is, it's a part of your chemical makeup and it is just figuring out what it is that, that kind of triggered that and then figuring out what things can help kind of, you know, even you out. And it's not, God is is not thinking of you any differently, you know, because you're struggling with this. He's not loving you any less because you're struggling with this. So that's, yeah, you brought up, that's a, a, another key point, another key reason of why I decided to even start that blog. And that's where I I was so affected by everything that you've done because in in my world, working in higher education, you know, Mm -hmm. and also obviously we have children in the elementary school and the high school, everyone's saying since COVID anxiety and depression is on the increase and Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. I'm also seeing that, you know, they, they have to find a way to make it so that I don't want to say normalized, but that it's right. not that stigma. I mean, I still see some high school girls that they don't want to go to therapy because they're embarrassed. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, they're struggling yeah. in silence. Yeah. And I think the more that there can be awareness brought upon someone mm-hmm. like you, myself, to just say, listen, we've struggled in our lives and we provide that hope that you can be okay. You can get through it. You can mm-hmm. cope with it in ways right. that work for you. Because again, everyone copes differently. And and that's something that I'm really passionate about because, you know, there's different levels of it. You know, some go through it later in their life, some figure it out and they they manage it. So I think that it's really an important conversation to have. I mean, I definitely want to continue this conversation with you at other times. I want to touch on something else because we didn't, we haven't talked about this that much, but when we First started mm-hmm. talking and you shared being in a law enforcement family. I know it's not something you talk a ton about in your platform, but yeah. it is just like myself. Yeah. It's a big part of who you are. And yes. I'm sure that it creates its own level of anxiety in your world. Yes. <laughs> how do you cope with that? You know, I mean, especially with the current, you know, the role that you're in now. And how do you balance that with everything else? Yes, it is a big part of who I am because it directly affects my family. My husband is in law enforcement. I currently also work for the police department as a civilian. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very enmeshed in that community and that lifestyle. After my husband got out of the military, I kind of knew that that was his career trajectory was headed in that direction. Um, He feels very fulfilled in this role, but especially when he was first getting started, I was extremely nervous. He ended up joining the SWAT team, which in my mind, just, it made me feel like, oh, great. Well, now you're going to be in even more stressful and dangerous situations. And that stressed me out. Around the times I started having panic attacks every day, some very serious stuff happened with him at work. And it was almost funny. It was like, he's not nearly as affected by this as I am. He's the one that was in that situation. But I was the one that was having such anxiety about it. That has absolutely played a role in my journey and having to relearn coping skills or coming up with new coping skills because Mm -hmm. they may have only helped me in certain situations. But now, like I said, these new situations arose. And so I have to figure out how to deal with them. I really had to just trust his training and remind myself that yes, he is in a dangerous profession. Um, However, he is intelligent and he's capable and he's receiving training. Actually being on SWAT gives him lots of opportunities for training. They Mm -hmm. train every other week. You know, they're having like refreshers. And so anytime he gets called out, 
I try to remind myself of that. Yeah. I will be honest though. And I will say that every time he gets called out, a part of my mind still goes there yeah, and still goes to the worst case scenario just to feel prepared, right? I kind of come up with an emergency plan for my parents in town. If not, that's going to change my emergency plan. Mm-hmm. I do allow myself to go there for a minute, right? I have to box it in. I can come up with a quick plan and then I have to stop. I need to keep myself from, I don't listen to a scanner. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to the radio. I don't obsessively watch the news, right? Because I can start to spiral yeah. downwards and start to become obsessed about, oh my gosh, it's been hours since I've heard from him. Yeah, I know that's normal. I can go six to eight hours regularly without hearing from him. I'm sure you've heard this before being in you know a law enforcement family. No news is good news, yeah. right? Absolutely. If something happens, you will hear about it. And so yeah. I just would tell myself that, okay, I haven't heard anything. So I need to just trust God is with him. I'm going to pray for his safety and I'm going to trust in his training. And, you know, then I need to just carry on with myself, be strong for my kids, right? They are always a big motivator as well. It has become a little bit difficult. So far, I've done okay with it now that I am also working for law enforcement because I'm in a different uh, division than my husband. So we are both dealing with some different things, but the things that I overhear and deal with are also very serious and tragic and anxiety inducing. Yeah. And so learning to compartmentalize is a big part of being (laughs) in this situation, being in a law enforcement family. So I'm learning to become better at that. (laughs) Yeah. I will tell you that I am so impressed that you work in this environment because it is a very stressful environment. So the fact that you're Mm -hmm. able to balance that along with your writing, with your platform, with your blog, everything. And now with school and children and everything else, it it Mm -hmm. really is amazing how you're able to balance all that. I did want to ask one other thing though. I know when we, when we first spoke, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you had a dream in mind when you started and you had goals and you accomplished them. Can you Mm -hmm. share a little bit about that? You know, to touch on that before we go to like our final points. So what, what was it? And I hope that this doesn't sound like totally superficial because I, when I first started, I I took all these different courses, right? I tried to find some like free email courses um, or blogging courses online. There are some great bloggers that like, they provide you all the details on their blog. And I learned a lot from them. One of the things was to set some goals for yourself, right? So you can visualize kind of where you want to be. I did have a goal in mind before Instagram switched to kind of their new way of doing things, 10,000 followers was kind of the first major uh, milestone. You got there, you could get that cool link feature. I was so excited about that because then I could link my blog and it'd be easier for people to be able to just you know swipe up and all of this. And so that was one of my first goals was to reach that milestone so that I could have that feature to be able to, um, you know, give to people. And then when I, when I did start getting serious about blogging, I was also trying to kind of make some like financial gains from it as well. That is one that I've been the most excited about. I love blogging even when I'm not getting paid for it, but Mm -hmm. to finally have reached the point where I have gotten paid a few times to blog, or I have gotten paid by promoting 
different posts on Instagram. When I step back and think about kind of how far I've come in a couple of years, I do feel, you know, a little proud of myself. It's easy for me to be critical and compare myself to other people and say, well, you know, you've still not skyrocketed exponentially and you don't have Mm -hmm. all these followers and you're not a fashion blogger too, on top of everything else that you're doing, Mm -hmm. right? Because I want to be just the best at everything. That's not uh, realistic. But when I look at kind of how far my blog has come in the few years that I've been doing it, I have met that goal. I was recently reached out to by a um, counseling company, like there's different counseling businesses where like you can be matched with a counselor online and then you can do this type of uh, virtual um, counseling. Um, That felt like a really big milestone to me. Like now I've made it. Like someone has kind of searched for people that talk about counseling or about anxiety and mental health. I felt recognized in that field when they reached out to me. And so that felt like a major milestone. Like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. This I'm accomplishing something. (laughs) That is amazing. And it's funny because when we all get to where we are in different paths, right? And I know that for my generation, I have always had a caution with social media and I've always been a few steps Mm -hmm. behind in terms of even creating Instagram. I mean, Instagram is all new for me. And it's funny when you say Mm 10,000 followers, I'm like, I'm fighting for 250. I mean, literally, I'm literally fighting for 250. You know, and it's not something, and that's why I always say it's not my wheelhouse. I'm not good at branding and promotion and anything else like that. But it's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing because one of the things I wanted to emphasize with what you're doing, you are providing a voice for so many people Mm -hmm. and, you know, the courage that it takes to put yourself out there and to share your personal story is needed. And it's, it's appreciated, especially by someone like me that Mm -hmm. works in this field. And, you know, even having the personal history, but having so many people in my life, whether students or clients that have struggled, it's just, you've created this beautiful platform that it gives people the hope that, you know what, I'm struggling right now, but I'm going to be okay. And, you know, and and you do it in such a way that's just so natural and real. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's, that is really the biggest compliment. That was my goal is my goal. Um, And I hope that that's what people see when they visit my blog or visit my page. Cause that's, yeah, that's a, an amazing compliment. Thank you. Well, you know, and and I know it can be hard sometimes because I I know that if you get a negative comment, the Mm -hmm. fact that you're putting yourself out there when you do have your own anxiety, that can be devastating for a day, but recognizing Mm -hmm. that it is the people online, not everyone is going to acknowledge the good stuff, but you, you're, you know, you're definitely striking a nerve and, and I, I appreciate you so much. What message do you have for your followers? If Mm, there's one, that's a good question. The biggest one, especially because I know how lonely and isolating it can feel when you are in the trenches of anxiety or depression or panic attacks, the biggest message is that there is nothing wrong with you for feeling like this. There's, you're not alone. You're not the only one. Like they say, your anxiety is lying to you, right? Your anxiety wants you to believe that you're the only one that is struggling with this. You are the oddball out. There's something wrong with you. My message is there's not, there's nothing wrong with you. 
Mm-hmm. I struggle with it too. A lot of people that come to my page struggle with it too. I hope to be that community and create that community for you when you feel like this so that you are reminded that you're not alone and there is a community for you. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest message. I love it. And it's the message I was hoping for. I knew it would be get there. And <laughs> I, I know I had my a few rants today, but I just, I'm just so appreciative that you joined me and that, you know, we've developed our own connection. And I, and I know this is not the last that I'll, that I'll speak with you. How can our listeners connect with you? And I know we'll have it obviously on our show notes and everything, but no, absolutely. So you can visit my blog by going to lifestyleofanxiousmom.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is just Jessa Hillman. Uh, with two ends, that's where you can find me. I'm also on Facebook. If you search for my lifestyle of an anxious mom blog, I'm there as well. So definitely, I'd love I love hearing from people. I love especially when people send me messages because I like that personal interaction. Like I said, making connections with people. So if you find me, send me an email and let me know that you listened to this podcast and that that's how you found my page. I'd love that. I love it. And it's so funny because I took that risk where I sent you that message and, and I thought she's never going to respond to me and you did. And I was so thankful because I was like, Oh my gosh, she responded to me. So I felt like a little groupie, but you know, but again, you you really struck a nerve and Jessa again, on behalf of all of our listeners at Unpacking Perspectives, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Nicole. All right. And everyone, you know what I always say until next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media. And if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date on upcoming episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at Unpacking Perspectives and on Facebook at Unpacking Perspectives Podcast. Additionally, don't forget to visit my website at nmdcareers.com for more information about the podcast and my private practice. If you or someone you know needs support with any aspect of career exploration or transition, as a career counselor and board certified career coach, I'm available for one-on-one coaching sessions, group coaching, online workshops, and guest speaking events. Feel free to reach out with any questions, book a call, or even be a guest on our podcast. Thanks again, everyone. Don't forget, if you spend too much time thinking about the final destination, you might miss experiencing the journey. Thanks for listening to Unpacking Perspectives. Until next time.